You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 117. I'm Jimmy Kemsky with BillyVoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Galton of BleedingGreenNation.com. Brandon, Mr. Howie Roseman gave us all a lot to discuss this offseason. Let's dive right into it. No time to waste. Uh, okay. Ten picks to talk about. Undrafted free agents. Plus trades. a player. So, yeah, let's just dive right in. We're going to try to speed through this quickly because they made ten picks, obviously, they made 10 picks this year. They made 10 picks over the last two years, five uh, in each of the last two years, that is. Uh, so a lot more busy uh, this draft week weekend than we have been accustomed to over the last few years. Got kicked off round one, 21st pick overall, wide receiver, TCU, Jalen Rager. You like the pick? I like Jalen Rager, Jimmy. I had him in the drafting the most likely Eagles first round pick options with my uh my first overall pick but the second overall pick in our little draft so i'd like to you know, declare myself oh the did you, you add him the, you had him in the second round i mean the second round of our our, our yes yeah, yeah okay. you, you took justin jefferson who yes. obviously was also on the board when the eagles picked and the eagles passed over him which was you know to some extent a surprise i you know i, I get why jalen rager fits like the profile of the player they're looking for more i agree that he is the more ideal fit I would just say that, and, and by the way, Howie Roseman kind of talked about the value of fit with that pick, which I thought was interesting because like, is that an acknowledgement possibly that like Jefferson might be the better player, and uh, but he doesn't have that ideal fit because he's mm-hmm. not the, the burner. And, uh, you know, I, leading up to the draft, we had talked about here on BGN Radio that I kind of felt like fit might be a little bit overrated because you kind of just you need a good player wide receiver, and I think Jefferson is that. And uh, so I'm not like kicking i don't think they should absolutely be kicking themselves i think i legitimately do believe that jalen raker has like star potential you know you look at his speed you look at his explosiveness um you just watch him like get into open field like he gets some daylight and he is just like gone like he just the way i think about it jimmy is when you one time were talking about how like josh adams and now this is like a silly comparison but bear Mm -hmm. bear with me here you talked about how like josh adams just like would gobble up yards because he had like such long strides right uh, and specifically that like long touchdown run against the Saints. Well, like Jalen Rager is like obviously actually a lot better and faster, but he has that same <laughs> kind of thing. He just like gobbles up yards like really really quick. And you look at defenders try to like chase him, and they just they can't. Like <laughs> he's just he's easily outpacing them. So uh, so that's the upside. The downside, real quick before you weigh in, is just that like um, I think some people are a little bit too forgiving of all his flaws. Yes. It's just like oh, we had a bad quarterback, and that explains. Everything wrong with him, and there's no downside to this <laughs> right. at all. Like I don't, I don't agree with that. And I also think, you know, if you want to weigh in the CD Lamb element, which we'll kind of get to a little bit more here in our second pick. Yeah, but you know, not getting him also stung. So, what about you, Jimmy? Yeah, so uh, he had a high drop rate, so that'd be the other concern with him. And I agree with, uh, you know, just kind of hand waving away, you know, a lot of a lot of. Um, you know, like a, the production issue, he only had 43 catches for 611 and five touchdowns this past season. And again, a lot of that, a lot of people attributed that to bad quarterback play. That TCU quarterback had a rough weekend because <laughs> <laughs> people were just hammering him all weekend. Any chance, uh, anytime anyone talked about Jalen Rager in that pick, but uh, I, I I agree. I think he's a fine pick. I think Justin Jefferson is a bad, pl- uh, sorry, is a better player. And I think that like five years down the line, if you compare Rager's numbers with Jefferson's numbers. Jefferson's going to look like a lot better player, and this might not be. This might not look like a, a great pick by the Eagles because you know Jefferson was there and they had a chance. But he's going to be like a high volume receiver for mm. the Vikings, so he's going to get a lot of opportunities. He's going to get more opportunities to catch passes than Jalen Rager. But what Rager is going to give you is something that the Eagles' offense just didn't have at all, which is somebody that can stretch the defense, can open up those short to intermediate zones for guys like Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard and Miles Sanders. And you just look at like the Eagles' drives last year. 
Like Carson Wentz had like a burden on him that other quarterbacks around the league just didn't have once Deshaun Jackson went down. And by that I mean like if there's any mistake at all on a on a play or 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 a series, then that would typically kill the drive. Like whether it be a holding call or you know, some other penalty or a missed block or a drop, or if he had an errant throw, like he wasn't allowed to not be perfect, if you know what I mean. Like if he had any kind of mistake at all, like people just fixate on that one thing for the, for like the entire week. Whereas like, you know, there'd be 30, 40 other mistakes made by guys in the offense, but they, they would just, you know, people would just focus on the, the two or three bad throws that Wentz had in, in one game because they had to have these long plotting 10 plus play drives it didn't afford him the opportunity to, you know, not be perfect all the time. So he get this guy gives you Rager gives you a chance to, you know, he has he's a player who can make a play on his own. You know, like he can catch a pass and, and take it sixty yards to the house. Like they didn't have that this this past year. So I, I don't have a problem with the pick at all. I actually had him like ninth in my wide receiver rank. Did you do like a wide receiver ranking? No. Yeah. So I had him like ninth, and I didn't feel great about it. Like I felt like I probably should have had him a little bit higher. But I think he's a totally fine pick for uh, for this pick here because he does give you something that you didn't already have or at least you can't rely on anyway in, in Deshaun Jackson. And, you know, they, they needed a big play guy, and, and he's going to give you that. Yeah, I think it's kind of a boomer bust pick. I like the upside. Again, I, I, star potential. Like, I legitimately believe that. Like, I think that's his ceiling. I just, I just wonder, you know, how realistic and how likely is it that he is going to reach his ceiling. We'll see. Maybe, maybe playing with Carson Wentz, like a really good quarterback, Will make a huge difference for him. And uh, speaking of quarterbacks, should, should we should we go to CD Lamb now before we go to Hertz, or should we do that in the Hertz section? I want to include it in Hertz, and I'll just start it here okay. because uh, why not? We're doing the podcast; we can make our own rules. Uh, <laughs> I, the the way I looked at it, I, like the way I arrived when the Eagles picked Jalen Hertz at number fifty three overall on a Friday night was just like I, I reached this conclusion because I, I think I started to watch the Jalen Hurts highlights. Uh, you know, just get like a, a more immediate, better sense of like, okay, what have I been missing here? Because, you know, I'm not even looking at quarterbacks super closely leading up to the draft because I don't think the Eagles are going to take one, you know, let alone in the second round. And I'm like, man, you know, this number two guy on Oklahoma, CeeDee Lamb, uh, the Eagles watch both of these guys at the same time, apparently. <laughs> yeah. and they're like, you know what? We want Jalen Hurts. We don't want CeeDee Lamb because if because they could have well. taken like – uh, no, I mean no, they did. Is, they did want CD. Like tried, they tried to trade up for him. Yeah, but not really though. Ultimately, well, they, I mean, they did. We we don't know what they offered and what you know the Falcons. Just just to set this up for for those of you who are uh, don't know the exact scenario, the Falcons had the 16th pick. The Cowboys had the 17th pick. The Eagles tried to get up to 16 to take CD Lamb. Receiver wasn't really even necessarily a big need for the Cowboys. Certainly a chance they could take CeeDee Lamb because, you know, why wouldn't you pick 17 and they wound up taking him? But the Eagles tried to get, did try to get up to 16. We don't know what they offered. We don't know what the Falcons turned down. But I think when you look at like, when you look at it from the perspective of, okay, what would you rather have, CeeDee Lamb or Jalen Rager plus, plus Jalen Hurts? I'll right. take CeeDee Lamb all day. And it's hard to imagine the Falcons turning down you know, the 21st overall pick plus the 53rd overall pick, right? Now, do you think I, they I will, do you think they would turn that down? Well, I will say Thomas Dimitrov has never traded down okay. in the first round in 12 years of being GM. So there isn't like this precedent of him being a wheeler and dealer and, and really willing well, to Well, he does, down. but he moves up. Well, that's what I'm saying yeah. in terms of moving down. So like, but I just think, like you said, the value there, like, and you know, whatever, like if the Eagles have to throw in... Who did you know, they like take, one by of the way? Six, they have two. Like, come on. I think that has to get it done. Like, that just seems like a no-brainer. And I wasn't a huge proponent of trading up. I, I don't think you or I were, but we were talking more about, like, you know, getting right. up to, like, 10. Yeah, yeah. If you can get to 16, then sure. Oh, they took A.J. Terrell. Uh, come on. You guys couldn't have got him at 20. Well, I guess the I guess the Raiders were probably going to take him. Yeah, so. Anyway. Yeah, that's that, that's just t- it's not And it's not just about the Eagles missing out on him. Like, it's not like, you know. Uh, Eagles missed out on him, and he went to like you know the Dolphins or whatever in the AFC. You know, <laughs> right, he, you got to face him twice a year, and that's terrible. <laughs> and it, it to me, it puts a cap on the excitement about the Jalen Rager pick because it's like how how can you be like yeah we got Jalen Rager like this is awesome, <laughs> and it's like oh wait now the Cowboys have C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup, and it's like okay the Eagles got Darius Slay this offseason. great. Maybe he'll lock down Amari Cooper. Great. Okay, now who's covering CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gow? Like, it's just, it kind of feels, it takes the uh, 
the the wind out of your sails a little bit, like looking at the the Rager pick. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, when they made that pick, like on draft night, you know, the the feeling, I mean, on Twitter, I guess, was that like people were going to be disappointed <laughs> no matter who it was because they didn't get CD Lamb. Like, no, mm-hmm. there was no enthusiasm for their pick when they made it. Uh, for sure, no matter who it was going to be, whether they took Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rager, or you know, linebacker, or whatever it was going to be, everyone was just like. Wah, wah. <laughs> so, so what the hell are the Eagles doing here, Jimmy? With freaking so, Jalen Hurts, they so they I, I, so right, so let's get to round two, fifty third yeah. overall pick. Jalen Hurts' name flashes across the screen, <sighs> and everyone goes, "What? <laughs> what? What was your first thought when 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 they made that pick?" I saw the Schefter tweet on my phone, and <laughs> uh, the Twitter I use Tweetbot, and I read every tweet. You know, I'm going through. And, like, literally, I was, like, 500 tweets behind for, like, just a good portion of time. There were so many people just, like, reacting to this. You know, obviously, I have to write about it just like you do, Jimmy. And it's just, like, I don't even know how to, like, collect my thoughts right now because this is just, like, so out of the blue, so out of left field. That One of the biggest things that came into my mind right away and one of my biggest issues with the pick is, like, is this, like, real life? Like, we just watched Carson Wentz go down the stretch last year and put the team on his back. He, he rallied these practice squad players to freaking step up and win yeah. the NFC East and, like, eliminate all this, oh, they should have kept Nick Foles talk. Like, he eliminated all doubt in, right. like, every way in terms of, like, his leadership, in terms of, like, being a good player. Like, he, he answered every question. He yes. checked every box. He stayed healthy. Well, mostly. Yeah, except for the last game. But, but yes, he started He started all 16 regular season games. He started 17 games and total, what, what, he, what he missed, like, 10 snaps in the Falcons game, and that was it? And that was BS because, yeah. yeah right. But anyway. Um, yeah, so, but, like, it's just weird to me that, so that's one thing to interject here into myself is that, like, there's a conversation again that he's an injury and prone player just after he started 17 games. Like that's that's frustrating, and the the time he missed is because a player illegally. Oh, it's cheap shot. Cheap shot. Like yeah, the, he should have got his NFL, head in the way of a cheap shot. <laughs> yeah, the former NFL head of officiating, Mike Pereira, said that it was a cheap shot. Like this is like a, a stance that a former league personnel person has taken. This isn't even just like an Eagles uh, writer saying this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so getting back to my main point though. It just undermines him, <laughs> and I I don't know like what was the need to do that like you, you you just had him build so much credibility I feel like, and you just immediately undermined that or at least potentially did by taking a guy who people are going to some people are going to view as his successor or it could create another weird locker room dynamic like there was and they know there was when Nick Foles like with in two thousand eighteen. Um, when he was back after winning the Super Bowl, there was a weird locker room dynamic that year. It was known. Like, everyone knows that. Yeah. Um, especially in the building. And, like, you know, it's just to kind of create that potentially again, it's just like, what are you doing? Yeah. So the, the mental gymnastics that have gone into figuring out why they made this pick have been, <laughs> been like, amusing to me. You know, the, the big one that came out right away was that he's going to be, you know, quote, unquote, more than just a quarterback. Like, he's going to be, like... Uh, uh, like a Taysom Hill for for the Saints, and none of that makes any sense to me. Like to begin, he's a good athlete, which is fine, but so is Wentz. So like you're gonna take off, you're gonna take one really good athlete off the field for another, and you know what is he gonna do? He's gonna play running back, or he's gonna play receiver. So you're gonna work him out at running back, receiver, and training camp when you need to, you know, when he needs as much time as he possibly can to develop as you know what they drafted him for to be a quarterback. Like it just it just it's just an absurd notion to me that he's gonna play in the regular offense as a rookie or really anytime soon. In my opinion, he's just a backup quarterback. And then the other kind of like notion that uh, probably the second most common one is that they're going to flip him for another pick down the road, which again, that doesn't make any sense to me either. Like you already have, you can just pick a good player with the high pick you already have. You can save yourself all the time and effort. Like, is am I crazy? Jimmy, the Eagles are a quarterback factory. I think you're not <laughs> including that. I don't think that's what he meant by that, by the way. But I think well, that's, I don't that's, the way, that's the way a lot of people took it. That's fine. It's more convenient to me. <laughs> um, no. But but he said that, though. And that's infuriating. Yeah. Because to give this image off that, like, you know, they're the masters of developing quarterbacks, like, that's really not true. You look at Nate Sudfeld. If Nate Sudfeld, who would, you know, originally the Eagles signed him from uh, Washington in 2017, they've had multiple years to develop him into a number two quarterback. The surefire number two quarterback. They haven't done that. That seems like a basic thing. You look at Clayton Thorson. They couldn't even get him to the practice squad. Like, yeah, I think he was just a bad pick as a, as as opposed to someone they failed to develop. 
But even Carson Wentz here, Jimmy, like in the past two years, he hasn't been as good as he was in 2017. I have serious mm-hmm. questions, as we kind of talked about earlier in the offseason with the coaching staff. Like, I get Press Taylor might be a pretty good schemer, and that's what everyone seems to kind of talk about. I've noticed when they talk about him, like yeah. how sharp he is and how he has like great memory. And I don't like dispute that. Like, I think he could be pretty good at that. But like, is he really a good quarterbacks coach? No one ever talks about like, oh man, he just, you know, he's really like getting the most out of these quarterbacks and he's really like, teaching them and it kind of just makes sense too he's like a younger guy it's not like he's this veteran of the uh you know this veteran quarterback coach who has seen a lot and kind of knows like all the tricks in, of the trade so i just take issue with that too like is jalen hurts is he even going to be a good backup quarterback this year is, is it gonna be the backup at all is he even gonna be the number two because you look at this offseason and you have you're not gonna have otas you're not gonna have many camps you're, you might have training camp but you're gonna have some sort of you know, some weird version of it. He's like, in my opinion, he's going to be inactive on game day. Wow. <laughs> Even though Which, you have Mike Garofalo out here saying he's definitely going to play this year. Uh, yeah, I don't know where that's coming from. Hmm. It's interesting to me, but I don't, I just don't see how is he, is he going to be better than your running backs or your receivers? Why would you shoehorn him into a game and possibly get him hurt, by the way? Like, you look at like, if you look at him as a player, you can clearly see his athleticism, but he's not like, you know, you don't want him like barreling into linebackers. You know what I mean? Like, why would you want to get your backup quarterback hurt? This will kind of transition into our next uh, couple picks here, Jimmy. But I feel like the Eagles are, I, the way I'm looking at this in a bigger picture kind of thing, as I always do, I want to do, is that they kind of just seem like they're interested in potentially trying to revolutionize the sport, which is like ambitious. But it seems like, okay, this two-quarterback offense thing, this, like, positionless defensive player thing, like, it seems like they feel like there is a uh, there's a creative lane to be taken here. Like, I don't know if I'm putting too much stock into that, but I just look at those things, like the way they're handling the quarterback thing, the way they're handling their defensive uh, the, the defensive backs they're adding. Like, I just kind of been wondering about that. Yeah, the defensive back thing isn't new, but it is new to them, obviously. The emphasis um, is new. The emphasis, yeah. for sure, for them is new. The one thing I will say, I mean, I don't think, I don't think we're going to see any kind of, like, two-quarterback offense anytime soon. Or in terms of like two quarterbacks on the field at the same time, and like you know one of them might throw and the other one might throw. <laughs> like I know Press Taylor brought that up during a, a press conference at one point last year. I don't see that happening anytime soon. But the one argument that I do think is valid for this pick, and again the value isn't worth it at fifty three, but you really do need a good backup quarterback, which seems kind of like an obvious thing to say. But you look at the team's history. Just, I mean, if you just look at the Eagles' history, obviously, you know, Wentz goes down in that game. They lost that game because Josh McCown wasn't good. Like, I know we're not allowed to say bad things about Josh McCown, but he was horrible in that game. Well, he was he hurt, had, too. He, well, he got hurt later in the game, but he was bad even before he got hurt. Like, they couldn't move the ball. So, I mean, they if they had a, a better backup, maybe they have a chance in that game. In 2018, you know, obviously, Foles comes in and he leads them to a playoff win. 2017, we don't need to, you know, point out, obviously, that they won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. And then, like, even, like, the McNabb years. So, like, you know, there are years where he went down and uh, they still had some success because they were prepared with a good backup quarterback, like Jeff Garcia. And then there were other years where they just were horrible after he went down, like Mike McMahon. And then you just look around the league, too. like favorite Eagle. Eagle, (laughs) Like, Eagles aside – you look at t- you look at the league as a whole, and you can point out a couple examples. Like every year of a team that would have, you know, maybe had a chance if they had a backup quarterback. And I think mm. you know one good example is the Steelers, who you know they lost Roethlisberger, and they still went eight and eight with garbage Mason Rudolph and that crappy Duck Hunter dude. <laughs> like they might have, they, like with Roethlisberger or like a competent quarter, or you know, with a better backup. You know, they, they probably get into the playoffs and, they, you know, their defense was awesome last year. So maybe they make some noise. Maybe they're like they're the one team that can slow the Chiefs down and they have a chance. And then you look at the Jets, you know, they're seven and six with Sam Darnold. Like before the season when he got mono and Adam Gase like had to go up and tell the media that he had mono. He looked like his like his mother just got shot. <laughs> he was talking about oh uh, I think it was Trevor Simeon was their backup. Like he, Trevor's going to have to start, and then we'll have Luke Falk behind them. Like they had no chance in any of those games without Sam Darnold. So I mean, there there is a good argument for like you do need a backup quarterback, but from my perspective, 
everything that you mentioned initially is the biggest downside for me. Like, even if, like, the, the best case scenario is that Jalen Hurts is good, but even if he's good and he comes into a game and he plays well, well, now you might have a divided locker room on who, you know, players prefer to be your quarterback, whether it's Hurts or Wentz or whatever. And they, like you said, they just got over a situation where there were preferences for one quarterback over, over another. So they they just, they may be opening up sort of a quote unquote, like Pandora's box that they wish they never opened. And the last thing I'll say before we move on to uh, the third round pick is that this is an unprecedented amount of quarterbacks right now on the market who have like starting yeah, experience. Yeah, also true. Yeah, I mean they might be they might cost a lot, but but you're right. But Sorry, we don't continue. even necessarily <laughs> know that. Like, there it's a buyer's market right now. Like, yeah, true. Teams aren't hot to sign those guys, and you can kind of wait. There's no rush. Like, I, I think there could be a time where the, their prices are going to get re- like you know I don't think Cam Newton's making like twenty million dollars this year unless like the Patriots sign him to be their starter, which I don't think they will. But like he's out there. Um, Jameis Winston had been out there. Uh, Andy Dalton could come available. Joe Flacco was out there. Um, like, there's options. It, it, it wasn't just like draft Jalen Hurts, the fifty, you know, third pick, or have a Nate Suttle. And one last thing, Jimmy, I want to say because we're spending so much time on this, but it's impossible not to. Where was all this need of a backup quarterback talk? Before the draft, because I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, right. No, like if I had like a quarterback in like the fifth or sixth round, people were like, no, it's dumb. <laughs> yes, on BGN too. Like this isn't necessarily the litmus for every single Eagles fan. I get that. But on BGN, anytime we had a quarterback article, because Michael Kiss did one and uh, Dave Mangles did one, people in the comments were pretty unified, I feel like, about how, you know, the Eagles shouldn't take one. And I did an article ranking the Eagles' biggest needs and I put quarterback eighth with yeah. only like tight end and specialists below it and mm-hmm. no one said boo in the comments like i think some people ranked it even lower <laughs> or, like, yeah, so right. so it's it's just crazy to me that like all this pushback now when, when there's criticism of the hurts pick is like oh they needed a quarterback like who was mad when they re-signed nate sudfeld to be the number two presumably i didn't see any of that like it's just kind of i get and again i get like I'm not saying you have to be negative about it. It's, you know, look, it's a tough times, the world we live in today. Like, if you want to be optimistic and happy, and you don't want to focus on negative, I get it. But, like, you can't also bash the people who are like, hey, you know, maybe this wasn't the biggest need when you yourselves were not clamoring for this at all. It's just like this revisionist history is driving me crazy here. The one thing that I that I will add that is, you know, sort of interesting is they alluded to the Russell Wilson miss in 2012 and just... Uh, as background for that, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, you know, the, the Eagles really liked Russell Wilson in that draft. They had uh, two second round picks. So the first of their second round picks, they took Michael Kendricks. The second of their two second round picks, which I think was, was, was that 59th overall? I don't know. They took. <laughs> I don't, I don't I know. No I think it was 59th. Anyway, they took Vinnie Carey. So if you like, if you really like Russell Wilson that much, you probably should have just taken him with that 59th overall pick instead of Vinnie Carey. But they waited until the third round. They thought he'd still be there. He went off the board, and then they quote unquote settled for Nick Foles, which you know ultimately turned out much later down the road. Uh, anyway, but uh, with Russell Wilson, that's obviously you know a guy who was really an MVP candidate this year for much of the year and has been over his career. So I think they look at that and they and and they just didn't want to miss on a quarterback like that again. So maybe they just really really like Jalen Hurts. But again, it's like, like, and I can maybe understand that a little bit, but uh, it does have, uh, so I guess my, my big picture, like one sentence view of this pick would be that the upside of this pick has limits, but the downside could be just really bad. Jimmy, we what, was your, what, was your, what was your grade on that, by the way? Just the, F, the individual plus. Okay. And and that and the funny thing about this and just what we talked about now we didn't even talk about Jalen Hurts as the player really like we didn't even get into that <laughs> right because it's hard not to I mean it's hard to do that because there's so much like emphasis on the process going into the draft I like Jalen Hurts yeah me too I like him I feel like, I think some people are too harsh on him going into the draft like they think he's like a gimmick or he sucks or whatever like I th- or or they kind of just remember him for getting benched and like they don't give him enough credit for having like an awesome season. At Oklahoma yes. last year. Yeah, but well, he finished second in the Heisman, was it? And uh, and his numbers are great. And now I know it's like the, the Lincoln Riley system or whatever. But like, still, it's like it's it's pretty good. And I like him as a talent. So it's not even about that. It's just about the process of the pick. I had him. So I, I did a dumb like second round mock draft after the first day of the draft. I had him 49th to the okay. Steelers. So I actually had him before the Eagles took him. Hmm. So I mean, yeah, he's a good player. 
But okay, okay, Mike. Okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what do you mean, Mike? Francesca. Oh, good boy. Davion Taylor, and then we'll take a break, Jimmy. Da- Davion Taylor, the Eagles draft him at 103. Why, why don't we take a break right now, and then we'll come back? Well, we'll I was thinking like we could do three. Oh, oh, we can take a break right now. Take a break. Back after this. Back here on BJN Radio, 117. Getting into the Davion Taylor pick here after talking forever about Jalen Hurts. Uh, it's going to be Jim- all offseason, by the way. It's going to be like oh, the focus. It's going to be the- forever. Th- thank you again to Howie for making that pick just for that reason. <laughs> oh, it's great for, for media. Yeah, for sure. Davion Taylor, uh, Eagles brought him in for an official, or they were going to bring him in for an official pre-draft visit. It didn't work out because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Oh, that's interesting. I thought they did get him in. No, uh, okay. He he'd said that on the call too. He was right. scheduled to. Interesting player in terms of a guy who is not experienced at all in football. He only played like one and a half games of uh, high school football because he's a Seventh Day Adventist. Mm-hmm. And like, his mother wouldn't let him play in high school. He's super athletic, but Jimmy, I thought this was a weird pick in the sense of like the Eagles kind of need immediate <laughs> linebacker help. Yeah, it's Nate Gary and T.J. Edwards are your current projected top two starters. And maybe, I guess, Duke Riley is your third. I wrote the same thing. And, like, Davion Taylor, to me, is not contributing year one. Like, this is a guy who's extremely raw. He's really fast. His upside is intriguing. But, like, and, and I think he can play on special teams, and he might make an impact there. And I really liked, uh, I don't know if you were, you were in the call for him. Did you get his conference call at all? No, that was the one. I, I was on for Howie before the Taylor pick, and then I went to bed. He, he <laughs> so, came off really impressive. Did me. he? Okay. Yeah, I think he's a really good kid. Or I, mean, I don't know him personally, obviously. But just like for the first impression I got was like, this is a guy who wants to work hard. He has a good personality. Um, so like I'm kind of in on him as a long-term play, but like I don't believe in him as a short-term play. Yeah, yeah. no interceptions, no forced fumbles over his career at Colorado. So that's not great. The Eagles actually had a chance to trade back too. Oh, yeah, that needs to be brought up. So the Saints traded – the Saints basically just traded the rest of their draft for the 105th pick i think they traded with the vikings yep. uh the eagles took taylor with the 103rd pick so two picks before that how he got asked actually if he had the same offer on the table and he acknowledged that he did mm-hmm. the saints gave up pick 130 169 203 and 204 so they traded four picks for one pick now, if you look mm-hmm. at the draft value chart that one pick is actually worth more than those four picks because it's a five uh no i'm sorry excuse me it's a four a five a six and a seven they made that, you know, they went up and made and made that, you know, they made that trade and they picked that guy and then they were basically done. But the Eagles maybe could have gotten Taylor at pick 130. And then you also just get three free picks. Mm-hmm. Would you have done that deal? Yeah, for sure. And, and it, it, like, do you have to get him? I mean, like, yeah, right. And if right he's gone, anyway. then so what? Yeah. So what? I would have done it, too. I would have yeah. done that deal. I think it stings less with with the ultimate, you know, trade downs they got to later in yes. the draft. But uh, but yeah, and just in terms of a process for sure. Um, so any like, what do you think about Davion Taylor, the player, real quick? Yeah, I mean, he is what he is. I mean, you mentioned you you. I think you pretty much nailed. It. He's just a raw player. He's very fast. There isn't a ton of like like so you know like the, I think it was the, the the old site used to be called Draft Breakdown. They would just kind of show all the snaps of a player. Yeah. There isn't a lot of that out there for, mm-hmm. for this guy. So like there, there isn't much that you can watch of him. You can just kind of see highlights. So uh, I don't, I didn't, you know, I wasn't privy to, to um, his tab, which I certainly would have watched after finding out that, you know, they were bringing him in for a pre-draft visit. But the book on him is that he is, you know, he's very raw, uh, kind of slow to diagnose plays. But once he does, he gets there quickly and can make a play. Um, as you mentioned, he's going to be, his floor is a special teamer. Because what does he run? What was it like a four four something? Four four nine he ran at the combine. So he's gonna get down the field quickly and he's gonna and he's gonna make plays on special teams. And he's in the same mold as guys like you know, like a Camugger Hill, Duke Riley, Jatavis Brown, uh, and that he's a smaller guy but with uh, athleticism traits. So he makes sense. They they seem to have a pretty well defined uh, you know, uh, idea of what they want in their linebackers, which I think is fine. And he fits that, but like you said, it's going to take a while before he's going to contribute in the regular defense. So in the fourth round, the Eagles take uh, their first day three pick. They take a pick that a lot of people seem to like. My favorite pick of the draft for them. I think a lot of people's favorite pick. One or, one or two. Kayvon Wallace, uh, safety from Clemson. I think safety is a little misleading, though. It's not yeah. like you're, you're just going to stick him back on the back end. He's positionless, Brandon. 
He's a positionless <laughs> defender. Just one of the billion of those that the Eagles have added to their team this year. He played over 50% of his snaps at nickel corner in 2019. I believe I even read an interview with him from uh, the Senior Bowl or the Combine. One of those places where he even said he kind of prefers corner. Uh, I think this is a guy who could kind of project to that Malcolm Jenkins kind of role in the future. Obviously, the Eagles have a need at safety in the long term with Will Parks and Jalen Mills being signed to one-year deals. And then uh, you know, Ronnie McLeod not playing so great last year. And then he signed for only two more years. Uh, and, and they could potentially move on from him after the season if they really wanted to. Yeah, I think it's an intriguing pick in the sense of like he, he's a captain. He had good production. He's playing for a, you know a national uh, championship uh, appearing team and winning team in, in Clemson. I think there's a lot of things to like. Uh, good athleticism. Not the biggest guy, but uh, I definitely like where their head was at with the Kayvon Wallace pick. Yeah, you mentioned he's a captain. Dabo Swinney loved him. Swinney loved him. Little nugget here. So at the Senior Bowl, you know, after after each practice is over, media's allowed to go onto the field to interview players and, you know, whatever. There's like all kinds of like college people and NFL people, like NFL scouts and and, um, you know, you just, you just have a mix of all kinds of different, quote unquote, football people out there. And Dabo Swinney was out there after one of the practices and he was taking a picture with like a couple other Clemson players who were competing at the Senior Bowl. And uh, he's like, no, 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 wait. And he's like, let's get Kayvon in here. And he starts screaming, Kayvon, 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 like because he wanted Kayvon in the picture, too. And he wouldn't take the picture until they found Kayvon and brought him over. <laughs> and then, and then once Kayvon was there, then he took the picture. So I thought that was kind of interesting that like he, he did not want to take the picture unless uh, Kayvon Wallace was included too, which I you know is just kind of interesting to me. But um, you know everything that you said is uh, you know is it, it makes sense in terms of his fit with the Eagles. Seventy two tackles last year, two sacks, two interceptions, ten pass breakups, which they'll like. Um, I think you know out of the box, he's going to be a special teamer. Well, he's going to be in the box when he's playing safety. Yes. But, I mean, when you wrap him, when you unwrap the gift just, and you take him out of the box. I'm being he, a pain. He's a special teamer right out of the box. And then, um, you know, he can be – I think he's going to compete maybe for that third safety job with Will Parks. I don't think mm. Will Parks is assured of that third safety job. He can be your big nickel. He can be like a dime linebacker. And I think he's going to get playing time pretty quickly. So, like, you know, we, we kind of mentioned that, like, you know, Rager's the one guy who's definitely going to play in, 20, in 2020. And then beyond him, who else? Mm-hmm. This is the guy. So this this, this would be the guy that I think will will actually get snaps on defense. Because you look at like Clemson. I mean, they played big time games. So he was like you know playing in national championship games. He's he'll be ready for the NFL. Like he's there's there's nothing to worry about in terms of like him coming along slowly. He's NFL ready. Like right now, he's senior. It's good to go. I am skeptical that he's like. I think some people out there just think that like, he's definitely going to have a role in the defense this year. Like, I don't think that. I think they have a lot chance. of bodies, so it's it's hard for him. It'll be hard to you know figure out sort of what the formula is in terms mm-hmm. of getting all those guys on the field. But I'd be really surprised if he didn't get some kind of snaps in the regular defense. So a role player, yeah. yeah I think that's sure. what he maxes out as. He's not going to be any kind of starter, um, you know, barring injury or barring he just looks awesome. I guess as mm-hmm. the season kind of goes along, I, I think, think that's that- possible. It's possible. Yeah, I'm not ruling that out. I'm just saying it's not a given, though. It's not like, oh, he's just definitely going to be there. Like, well, what, I, what, what about this scenario? Let's say, like, okay. Avante Maddox just isn't good on the outside. Mm-hmm. And then you move Jalen Mills back to corner. Maybe. And then this guy is your your new Malcolm Jenkins role. Yeah, it's, I'm not I'm not ruling that out. I'm just saying, like, I just don't think it's a lock. I do like his uh, energy, too. Uh, he was he was flapping his arms at the end of the of the, uh, the video, and he's on Twitter like already changed his avatar to like like he just seems to be like really in on it, and and I think that's good. I think like to have like a really energetic guy, um, he he just and again a captain like maybe this could be if it really works out like he could be a future kind of leader. Uh, and like kind of not replace Malcolm Jenkins uh, in, in and this is down the line again, not immediately. Yeah. And he's a long way to go before he gets there. But like you can at least kind of like see the pathway of this happening as opposed to, you know, uh, just some guy like that. You, you couldn't see that. So, yeah, I, I definitely like the Kayvon Wallace pick. Next pick we won't spend too much time on. Jack no offense Driscoll. To, no offense to Jack Driscoll, <laughs> but he's an offensive lineman from Auburn. Has some tackle guard versatility. They may try to work him in a little bit as center, but he's basically going to be sort of a uh, developmental, versatile backup. 
Yeah. He, you got uh, anything more to add than that? Well, he's athletic, too, is, is what I would say. His arm length is really short, so I guess that's part of the concern mm, with playing yeah. the tackle. Just right. doesn't have, like, the ideal length. Um, just think he could be an ideal uh, backup in, in terms of, like, he can play multiple positions. As you noted, he had said that, like, he'd been working out at center to the pre-draft process, so maybe the Eagles kind of see him more as an interior guy. Although they did list him at tackle, yes. so I think they might try him and see where uh, he ends up best. I think, he, uh, you know, again, a good athlete. It's something that you can give to Jeff Statlin and kind of just count on him to turn him into something. Uh, our good friend Trey Thomas, uh, formerly of BGN Radio, and, uh, you know, hopefully kind of get him on soon here, talk about some of these offensive linemen. Spoiler alert. Uh, he said he thinks Driscoll could be a solid depth piece. Just kind of watching uh, some of the tape on him, that was his initial impression. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a fine pick. It makes sense. The value seems right. It's uh, just nothing sexy about it. Sorry, Jack Driscoll. But, uh, you know, just a solid pick. So the next thing the Eagles did, which wasn't a, which wasn't make a pick, they made a trade. So they took Driscoll 145th overall, and then they had the very next pick, 146. So they traded out of that spot. And people were furious about this. So, like, they traded back from 146 to 164, I think, mm-hmm. with the Cowboys. And they picked up a, a 2021 fifth-round pick in the process, which, mm-hmm. personally, I think is a good deal for them. That's a, I think that's a very good value for them. People yeah. are pissed because the, <laughs> cause the Cowboys take uh, one of the guys that you had in your Eagles-only mock draft on the right. podcast here, Tyler Bielish. People are screaming on Twitter like, they just gave the Cowboys their new starting center. Relax. Like, first of all, you do what's best for your team. And if you think you're getting the better end of the deal, and if it's with a divisional rival, all the better. Like, just just do what's best for your team. The Cowboys aren't some like, they're in eight, they are eight and eight last year. You beat them with your practice squad week 16 the year before. Don't worry about what they're doing. Don't worry about what you're doing. You know, like, it's not like, you know, you're the Jets and they're the Patriots and you're doing everything you can to, you know, beat what they, what they're doing over the past 15 years. I don't understand the, uh, I don't understand the, the anger about, you know, that trade back. You? I will say that it'll probably suck when he uh, like inevitably becomes, and this is the addition I'm talking about, when he becomes like a, a good Travis Frederick replacement and also CD Lamb is uh, roasting the Eagles secondary. I mean, that outcome would suck if that does happen. Well, he's 146th overall. So, uh-huh. I mean, obviously the rest of the league didn't view him as a prize prospect. Sure. But so there, we'll you see. Know, there was some injury concern in there. He's going to get, I think he's going to, if he is their starter, I think he's going to get lit up. Okay. Maybe at the least, are at least, at least as a rookie. Being smart then and kind of trying to get him in place. Hopefully they start him over Joe Looney and then they can kind of have Fletcher Cox mapped up there. But but also minutes. like if you if you you know if you don't trade back because it's the Cowboys somebody else is just going to trade with them instead mm-hmm. they're going to trade up anyway and get this guy more than likely right because somebody's going to somebody's going to take that deal because it's a good value mm-hmm. all right uh. <laughs> all right so they move back to one sixty four then they trade it again they trade back again this time they move back nine spots with the Dolphins and they pick up a seventh round pick in return for them fine whatever moving on. Then they pick again two picks later at 166, and they take John Hightower, wide receiver, Boise State. Your thoughts, Brandon? John Hightower, not necessarily like an elite burner, but he is fast. You know, 4-3 four, four, speed, um, 17.6 yards per reception at Boise State. He's definitely a big play threat. He also had 24 rushing attempts. For 317 yards, that's like a 13.2 average. That's pretty <laughs> right. good. So yeah. <laughs> you can use him on like jet sweep stuff, and you can kind of use him creatively in other ways. Uh, just, you know, as a theory. Oh, by the way, I want to mention this. Uh, blogging the boys, our Cowboys counterpart here, back during the Combine, uh, they had a nice little tweet here on February 27th that said, Giant Hightower, the best wide receiver that not enough people talk about. And uh, it was funny, too, because someone in the replies there, another Cowboys fan was like, no, actually, it's Jalen Rager. So it's kind of funny how those, uh, <laughs> those aged for Dallas there. But, um, yeah, so I, I think, you know, adding him uh, makes sense from, you know, the perspective you want to get faster. Uh, I don't think uh, – I, I think he needs to get stronger. Uh, I don't think he's the best at, like, attacking the ball or winning at the catch point, that kind of thing. Uh, he also turns 24 in a couple weeks here, and I think in May. And uh, to put that in perspective, Greg Ward is 24 right now. So he's on the older side for a rookie. 
you know, but they got him late. It's not like they're taking him high. Yeah, you don't know, care about age at this point in the draft. You know yeah, what I mean? It's, it's no Danny. Well, I'm just saying. It, it matters in rounds one, two, maybe three. But at this point, you're just, I think you're just taking, you know, players that, I, mean, you, I don't think you worry about like things like that. Is what I mean. Yeah, not as much. I would yeah, just note yeah. it in that like, you know, he's, this isn't like some super young guy. Like he might kind of have peaked already. In oh, some right. Ways. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So I'm wondering about the upside here, but I like it in, in the sense of his profile. It's funny you mentioned uh, blogging the boys because didn't they have like some kind of article about like um, you know thank you Eagles for <laughs> you know trading out of the pick and we got B dish and then also uh, thank you for not tra- well they tried to trade up so that doesn't even make any sense uh, but thank you for not making that yeah congratulations Cowboys for you know losing to practice squad players and having a higher pick <laughs> good job they did it uh, I don't really have much to add on Hightower but uh, he's like you said he runs four three deep threat. You know, we'll get to as we keep seeing these speed receivers pile up. <laughs> we'll talk about like, you know, they're they're just throwing as many speed receivers on the pile and seeing if uh, you know if if a guy can emerge. Which I don't have a problem at all with that with that strategy, by the way. But we'll get to that as we as we kind of uh, get to you know each each of these subsequent picks and trades and whatever. So, did you have anything more on High Tower? No. Okay. Round five, one seventy three. Uh, pick one seventy three. They trade out of that pick. They get, with the Bears, they get three picks from the Bears. So they trade 173 and the 227th overall pick that they got from Miami earlier. And they get 196, 200, 233. Value for that's fine. They, they get, you know, net plus one on the, uh, on the number of picks. So in other words, um, with the pick that the Eagles traded to Dallas for Beadish, they ultimately end up with the following. Uh, 196, which will become Sean Bradley, 200, which will become Quez Watkins, 233, which will become Casey Tuhill, and a fifth round pick in 2021. So I think you're, I think I'd, I'd be totally fine with you know that trade back. And that pick, but 146, I believe, was the one the Eagles got from the Golden Tate uh, compensatory pick. So correct, they, yes. Technically, they turned Golden Tate into all that, which into might four, not into be four anything, picks. Yeah, but uh, it kind of lessens the damage of that trade potentially, like in the long term. Yes. So round six. Uh, they're on the, I guess this wasn't an on the clock trade, but it happened a little bit earlier in the draft, but they traded the 190th overall pick, uh, to the 49ers for Marquise Goodwin and the 210th overall pick. So basically they just moved back 20 spots in the sixth round for Marquise Goodwin. And when they first did it, so I had actually, you know, looked at receivers that might make sense in a trade for the Eagles. I did this like back in like early February and he was one of them. Although for him, I said it wouldn't make sense to trade for him because his salary is was going to be you know a little bit less than four million for the twenty twenty season. There's no way you just you take him for, at that salary. It's just not worth it. So when they first made that trade, I was like, uh, I don't know if I get that so much. It's not guaranteed, so they could still cut him in camp. But then it came out later per Mike K of NJ.com. That they actually were able to lower his salary from basically four million to one point three five million with some additional incentives that he can that he can earn, which is absolutely a good deal. I thought you know adding Goodwin for for the cost of just moving down in the sixth round, and then you get him on a on a really cheap deal. They get to see what he is in training camp, and if he has anything, they can you know they keep him, and maybe he shows something. And if not, then you just let him go. I thought that was good value. Yeah, I mean, I think you're looking at, like, realistically, either one of Hightower, Goodwin, or Watkins, who we'll get to in a bit. Uh, if one of those guys pans out, like, that's a win, right? Absolutely. So they they, they put multiple darts at the dartboard there, or, or however you want to, uh, multiple bites of the <laughs> apple, uh, however you want to phrase it. Like, I, I, I'm definitely, yeah, I, I don't know how you could not like it. Like, the cost is nothing, 20 spots, and they, they fix the money issue. Uh, and Goodwin literally is one of the fastest people in the world. Like Howie Roseman yes. said, like, that's not even an exaggeration. Like he's an Olympic uh, sprinter or runner or whatever you want to say. And uh, he's super fast. Watching some of his highlights, I mean, you can just see how unfair it is sometimes when he's just like – he's just stacking dudes. He's, he's just flying by them. So uh, the emphasis on speed was much needed. I think you can wonder if it's an overcorrection in the sense of uh, are we going to be here next year where we're like the Eagles have too many – Fast guys, and they don't have enough strength, their size, their power. <laughs> right. I, hopefully not. 
and I don't think we will, but I just, that's the only downside I would look at it if I'm looking at both sides of the coin. But to me, I would, I would, I would be okay with overcorrecting on speed because they've lacked it so much. And last year, all they did to, to address it was like, they put all their eggs in the Deshaun Jackson basket and it didn't work out. Now, at least they're, you know, giving themselves multiple options for something to hit. So definitely like that. And they did the same thing at linebacker. They added a lot of speed. We mentioned Taylor already. And then with the 996th overall nice pick, we took there, Sean Bradley, linebacker, Temple. Sean Bradley, not the gigantic seven foot six center mm-hmm. for the Sixers from, uh, from from the 76ers, but rather uh, a how tall is he? I know he's a smaller fella as most of the Eagles linebackers are. Yeah, 6'1", 235. Actually bigger than some of the other guys that they've brought in. Actually, quick Sean Bradley aside, the the Sixers center. We were in Philly driving around. This was probably when I was like late teens. And we saw like the Sixers bus just in the, um, you know, the stadium parking lot there. And we saw players getting off. So we, we pulled in and uh, there's Sean Bradley. This is when the Sixers is horrible. And had, like had nothing to look forward to. There was no process. They were just a bad team with nothing going on. And then Sean Bradley was on the team. And all I had in my car, like my mom would always put these sun visors in my car. You know, like those cardboard ones yeah. that like you fold up like an accordion. So I had one of those and Sean Bradley signed my sun visor. <laughs> <laughs> and there's more to that story that I'll tell you off the air. But, uh... okay. <laughs> but yeah, oh, I, had a, I had a signed Sean Bradley sun visor that I never used. Like it would just sit in the back of my car. But um, awesome. anyway, Sean Bradley, the football player, uh, <laughs> ran a four-five-one forty at the combine. He had four uh, in three years at Temple. The, la- the last three years at Temple, rather, he had two hundred forty-nine tackles, three picks, a couple of forced fumbles. So you know, re- reasonably productive. Uh, throw another speed linebacker on the pile. We'll see what happens there. Yeah, I think he'll probably be at least a good special teams player too. Seems like kind of uh, that kind of profile. Uh, obviously, he's a, he's a South Jersey guy, Temple. So. I'm, I'm sure some fans might like that. He plays well. Yeah, where where I, I didn't look that up. Where do you know where in South Jersey? Uh, Mount Holly, I believe. Okay, it's not uh, too far from me. I want to point out here, like not only do they have a short term need at linebacker that we talked about earlier, they also have a long term need. Like Nate Gary, Duke Riley, Alex Singleton, uh, Jatavis Brown. All those guys are going to be free agents after this year. Uh, like so, they also needed to get guys who could potentially be around for the long term. So. They definitely, uh, there was merit to double dipping at sure. linebacker. Sure, absolutely. I agree. Uh, we can take a break here, Jimmy, before we get into the final three picks. Back after this. Here on BGN Radio 117, getting into the final three picks of the Eagles draft class, starting with Quez Watkins, which is a good name, I feel like. And uh, another another fast guy. Who would have guessed, Jimmy? Uh, <laughs> f- 4.35 speed. He's only six foot, 185 pounds. But he does have long arms, and like many of the Eagles' picks, I think this has kind of gone under the radar a little bit. Like everyone's focusing on the speed element, and that's definitely true. But they also drafted like a lot of guys who can jump, like yes. whether that's broad or vertical, like just a lot of good leapers uh, from this draft class. What do you make of a Quez Watkins? So I didn't know anything about him before the combine, and then he ran a four three five, and I was like, okay, well I guess I got to look into him. And um, you know, he is what he is. <laughs> he's, he's a speed guy. Uh, is that, is yards for catch numbers really weren't great until this past year, 18.4 this last year. His production was actually very good. He had 64 catches for 1178 yards, six touchdowns, sort of their go-to guy in that offense. So, um, you know, it's another guy kind of like Hightower, where Hightower is kind of like a slender frame or whatever, and uh, his biggest challenge going to the pros is going to be able to, is, you know, can he beat press coverage? I think it's probably going to be the same thing with, with Watkins here. So, and it's, again, it's just another speed guy. And uh, what, what was your dart expression? More darts. The dartboard. <laughs> Eating more darts at the dartboard. Eating more darts. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they eat another dart here at the dartboard. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, they get them late enough. And speed, or excuse me, it's a uh, pick number uh, 200 in the sixth round. So, you know, you look at him, you look at Hightower in the fifth round. You look at Goodwin, a guy that, that they got, uh, you know, just for trading back in the sixth round. Old friend Teron Davenport, who now covers the Titans for ESPN, he had a good tweet. Uh, this was even before the Quez Watkins pick, where he's like, you know, Rager, Hightower, Goodwin, Deshaun Jackson. Like, I'd take that, you know, four by four by 100 you know, track <laughs> track team all day. And then they add Quez Watkins on top of it. So, you know, you, you got you to gotta figure 
you know, you take Rager with the first round pick, you know, certainly if he doesn't pan out, then that's pretty devastating. But uh, if you get Rager to pan out and you get at least one of Hightower, Goodwin, or Watkins to pan out, then, you know, again, uh, more bites at the at the dart. And, uh, <laughs> you know, hopefully one of those guys for the Eagles can pan out. Yeah, to me, like, I'm expecting, realistically, like, Watkins could just be another Shelton Gibson. You know, a guy who, like, oh, fast profile, but he just might not turn out. I'm not saying he's guaranteed to be the same player. I'm just saying, like, th- those are kind of my expectations for him. I don't I don't think he sees the field at all in 2020. He might not even make the team. Like, right. you know, the Eagles have a, a ton of receivers on their roster. Oh, at least be, one of those guys isn't going to make the team. Yeah, so, like, it could be him easily, too. I mean, he's the last one drafted. So, uh, he could be on the practice squad. Uh, who knows? Um, yeah, so I like the pick. I mean, I guess if you're arguing against it, you could say the Eagles should have taken maybe one wide receiver who kind of profiled a little bit differently after getting, you know, Goodwin and Hightower. Like maybe they could have afforded to get a guy who might have been not as fast, but more of a, you know, like a more physical kind of attribute. But but again, to me, um, I'm, I'm fine with adding speed. So sixth round, later in the sixth round, 210 overall. This is my other favorite pick, along with Kayvon Wallace. Prince Tega Winogo. Nice. Nailed it. Offensive tackle uh, from Auburn. Medical PTW. risk. What's that? PTW. Yes, PTW. Let's go with that. Before the Senior Bowl, he got flagged, red flagged, for a knee issue, so he wasn't allowed to play. Same thing happened with Brandon Ayuk, by the way. Like he was, Ayuk was like the one guy that I really wanted to see going down there. And then, like, just before the first practice, they made an announcement over the PA system. Like, the following players have been red flagged for injury. And like, Brandon Ayuk. And I'm like, oh, come on, man. Really? And then uh, Prince Tego was one of them as well. So um, he fell, obviously, because of that. But before the season began, like, when I first started looking at guys that I wanted to profile uh, for my grocery shopping series, they are projecting this guy as, like, a potential first-round pick. So they have, you know, he, he's a guy that you know, sort of has some some kind of upside. He played both left and right tackle at Auburn. So, you know, he makes sense, in my opinion, as sort of the swing tackle replacement for Halapulavati Vaitai. Uh, so you go from Halapulavati Vaitai to Prince Tego Wanogo. Eagles aren't doing us any favor in terms of, you know, ease of pronunciation for these swing tackles. But he's a guy that can maybe, you know, fill in seamlessly into that role, assuming he is healthy. Yeah, this is a great risk to take uh, this late in the draft. Now, there's probably a reason he fell, you know, with the knee injury and the concern. And maybe it's a little bit overblown because of the coronavirus kind of, you know, deal. And, like, teams don't have as much information as they potentially could have. Right, yes. Or the same, like, confidence level. So maybe the Eagles kind of got, like, a market inefficiency thing going here. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's also possible, you know, he just he, he doesn't work out. He doesn't have uh, extensive football experience. He has this knee issue. But, I mean, you know, this late in the draft, it's obviously a great uh, chance to take on. And I want to stop down here on something that we could have addressed earlier, Jimmy, and I, I meant to bring up, but I didn't. And, and something that's important about this pick, I think, you know, Prince here kind of serves not solely, but partially as Andre Dillard bust insurance. Because okay. you had mentioned on Twitter last week when there was uh, some weird stuff going on with the Andre Dillard outlook in the terms of there was this report that the Eagles were like interested in trading for Trent Williams. And then <laughs> right. you had kind of talked about how um, like the Eagles aren't really uh, in love or their, their confidence level might not be super high. Yeah. How do you want to phrase it? Yeah. So I would say that they just have, they have significant, uh, excuse me, significant concerns about Dillard and his long-term future with the team. That's a, uh, that's kind of a big issue. A guy you trade up for last year and uh, who's going to be your left tackle kind of a big issue for me coming, yeah. out, coming out of this draft uh like that, you can't just gloss over it like that's a huge freaking deal yeah yeah i don't think it's anything new really i mean obviously we kind of covered all that ground when the eagles were i guess undecided at, at one point whether they were going to let jason peters walk in free agency or not and then ultimately they did although he hasn't found a home yet but um yeah so we we, we did kind of cover this ground a little bit ultimately mm-hmm. they did kind of make this, the decision to go forward with andre dillard but, um, yeah, I don't think they're completely sold on him yet. So, yeah, a guy like this, while his obvious immediate fit would be as a swing tackle, you're right. I think there is maybe some upside here as Andre Dillard bust insurance, as you put it. The final pick the Eagles made, Jimmy, 
tell me that you had heard of this guy before. I have not. No, I okay. hadn't heard of him. I hadn't heard of him at all. And then you look at like his athletic profile, and it's impressive. Casey Tuhill, you should say. His <laughs> yeah, name. right. Go, Go ahead. On. It's all you. Oh, uh, just I, I. I think there's you know I don't even think there's much to say in the sense of like <laughs> he's a tweener. Uh, don't think he's ever really going to even play much of a meaningful snap for the Eagles. Just looking at his body, like he just doesn't look like ready to play at all. And you know, like he, he looks like okay. and this kind of matches up. Uh, he's very athletic. But he had like a 14 percentile bench press. Like he just doesn't look strong enough to me, uh, especially if they're going to play him at edge instead of a linebacker. Uh, well, 14 percentile, depending on what position you have him at. I have him at eight percentile, uh, but because I have him, I have him uh, edge rusher. Okay, yeah, I, I, maybe I said athlete on there. And so he, he did. He did 17 reps, which I couldn't do in my wildest fantasies. I mean, I can bang that out, no problem. But um, so the Eagles view him, I'm guessing, as like a Joe Osman, uh, Jannard Avery kind yeah. of like situational guy, like at best. Yes. But I think it's a win. Like if he can become Brian Brayman, then that's a win. Yes. Like you you did a great job. So low expectations. Yeah, I mean his combine numbers were. Kind of, I mean, you talk about like the bad percentile there, but he ran a four six two forty, which is ninety percentile for an edge rusher. 39-inch vertical jump. You mentioned before they they like these guys that can jump. That's ninety fifth percentile. 126-inch broad jump, 94th percentile. Uh, 4.21-second shuttle, it's 89th percentile. So this guy's got, like, legit athletic chops. But, uh, you know, as you mentioned, the strength isn't there. And that was, like, sort of the big negative on, um, you know, Lance Zerline's, uh, you know, scouting report on NFL.com. Was that, like, you know, he's kind of useless <laughs> against the run, and he is just kind of a pass rush specialist. So, you know, if they can get him in the weight room, they can bulk him up a little bit then maybe he has a chance, but I'm with you that he's really just kind of a, a pass rush specialist only in the same mold, as you mentioned, of a Joe Osman or Gennard Avery. So let's get into the undrafted free agents here, Jimmy, because apparently yes. you have some uh, insight into uh, some of the names we should be watching of the players the Eagles sign. Yeah, let me pull those up. So I had kind of done my uh, undrafted free agent you know, sort of breakdown of all the guys they, they took. And you can kind of guess on which ones the team prioritized. But I actually got the definitive list of the guys that they had a draftable grade on. And they are as follows. Grayland Arnold, cornerback uh, from Baylor. Uh, Luke Jeriga, who is a center from... Michigan? From where? Michigan? Um, is it Michigan State? It was no, Michigan. It, was, it was Western Michigan. I think it was Western Michigan. I don't have the colleges in front of me. I just have the names. Michael Warren, yeah. uh, running back from Cincinnati. Adrian Killens from Central Florida, was it? Yep. And then uh, Raqu- Raquan Williams, defensive tackle from Michigan State. Those are the four, those, excuse me, those are the five guys that the Eagles had uh, draftable grades on. They added some other guys too. And then later they added Khalil Tate, mm-hmm. who was um, really a fun player to watch at, uh, at Arizona. So it's, uh, it's in my view, this. Uh, undrafted free agent class wasn't as great as previous one like i feel like previous undrafted free agent classes have been better than this one and maybe you attribute that to and you know for all for all we know like a few of these guys could emerge or nobody could emerge just this is really like eating at the darts here but uh (laughs) but uh uh i feel like in in previous years like there was one guy that you could pick out like oh i got that guy's probably gonna make the team like right away you could you could see like tj edwards is probably gonna make the team when they got him or like Josh Adams, you're like, oh, that guy's got a great chance of making the team. I don't know if there's anyone here where you can like look at them and go, that guy's got a great chance. I'd say the guy that has the best chance in terms of, uh, you know, what they have positionally is Warren, the yeah. uh, running back from Cincinnati, because he Same. also fits what they need in terms of like a between the tackles runner. Yeah, him and Killens are the guys that I'm kind of most interested in. Um, Killens is just like crazy fast, no, tiny small. speed guy, but like very fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and Warren, like you said, is kind of just the the profile of he's just a plotter. But they kind of need they could afford to keep one of those around so yes. they can show something. Um, then that makes sense there. Uh, yeah, and and who knows they might add a running back in free agency still uh, at this point because they could kind of afford to add another body there potentially after not really doing much in the draft at that spot, which I thought was was fine by the way. Again, given how they've hit on like guys like Clement and uh, Josh Adams and even a Boston Scott. As, Clement as was another one, too, where you, you, as soon as they got him, they were, you were like, okay, that guy's got a chance to make the team. Yeah, for sure. So so whatever. I think it's fine. Uh, any kind of final overall thoughts on the draft, Jimmy, before we hand out our grades? Yeah, so, I mean. I have a bunch, too. <laughs> so the, the one thing that I would say, like, obviously the uh, the the Hurts pick 
So I gave you gave that one. You said an F plus. F plus. So I gave that a D. Um, but otherwise, I thought I felt their draft was fine. <laughs> like if you took so if you just took all the players in this draft and you metaphorically shook them up like you were playing a game of Boggle, for example, and you just dumped them out on the table and you had no idea who was drafted where or what trades they made to get the players that they got. And even you know, even if you want to include like Marquise Goodwin into that too. See, well, they went into the draft with eight picks and they wound up with 11 players. And you just looked at the 11, the 11 players they got. You had, again, like I said, you have no idea like where they got picked or what trades were made in, in order to, to get these players. You look at the, the, the draft hall and you go, yeah, that's okay. Like it's really, it's really not bad. Like it's a, it's a, it's a decent draft hall, I think. But it's really hard to look at the overlook how they got there with that second round pick, and uh, really overall, I just gave them a C plus. So I'm looking at this like I don't think the Eagles are going to get a ton of immediate impact out of this year's class. They made ten picks, but like Rager to me is the only sure bet to contribute from day one. I think Wallace has a path to contributing for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes, but then like outside of that, I mean, <laughs> who who is it? Uh, I think some people kind of got a little bit too uh, up on day three. Like, people were so outraged by day two. And, you know, day three was was good, though. Like, I, I think people – I understand why people felt better after day three because I think the, the picks the Eagles made on that day were smart. Yes. I think it was analytical friendly, the way they kind of – they drafted in volume, which we said they need to do. I want to get – I want to be clear. Like, I'm giving Howie Roseman credit for that. But I think, they're like, the reality is a lot of those picks – might not work out. When you look at Howie Roseman's draft history, like who's he really hitting on in general out of the second round, out of the first two picks? Like who has he really, really hit on? Yeah. Like you can you can you can say Big V, um, if you want to put Jalen Mills in there. But like again, you know, those are flawed players in a lot of ways. He's not hitting on these guys regularly outside of the top two picks, and I just think it's it's a lot to uh, to expect to get much out of those guys. And specifically at wide receiver, I want to uh, stop down on that because. I was very adamant that I felt like the Eagles needed to get two receivers out of their top three picks, and they didn't. And, you know, okay, you could say this class is deeper at wide receiver than it ever was before, so maybe the Eagles getting Hightower and Watkins as late as they did is a little bit different in other years. Okay, I I will say that's a a fair point. But to me, it's like, what have the Eagles really done to help Carson Wentz this offseason? Like, what have have they really done? Because in free agency, they didn't do anything. And then in the draft... The only sure thing they did is give him Jalen Rager, who who is a rookie, by the way, still too. Like we don't know if he's going to be exactly. Like, we don't know how much of a difference he'll make in year one. Maybe he will, but like <laughs> and he gave him something that, to maybe hurt him too in the second round pick and hurts. Right. So like I, I just don't think they did enough ultimately still uh, to help him. Like like especially look at what the freaking Cowboys did, you know, and look at <laughs> look at adding CD Lamb. Look at what the Broncos did. And, and adding um, what Judy and Hamler like, and look at what the Jets like. There's there's other teams around the league that just felt like they actually put this huge emphasis on helping their quarterback and like, used primary resources to do that. And I just don't think the Eagles did it in the same way with Carson Wentz, and that's a big deal. Like that's that he's the franchise, and like you said, the Hertz pick might actually help Carson Wentz. So uh, yeah, so that's that's a big deal to me. Uh, the Eagles didn't address cornerback. I was okay with that in the sense of like, I think it's okay to talk yourself into Avante Maddox and Speedy Jones when realistically, like, you can't pick, uh, you can't come out of the draft. There's going to be something that they didn't get. Yeah. So, like, okay, that's fine. And there's still options on the market. I don't think they'll sign anyone. But and like, like you and, mentioned, Kayvon Wallace is still, you know, he still kind of is a corner a little bit too. Yeah. And you could add Prince of Mukamara, like, if you really need a veteran body, yes. like, like, that's, it's, it's out there. And running back, I'm also okay with them uh, not addressing you could sign, like, uh, Carlos Hyde, or you could even bring back Corey Clement, who I saw was working out recently, by the way, mm-hmm. with uh, Miles right. Sanders. Uh, so, like, you know, there's options out there. So, I don't think uh, it's a disaster of a class, Jimmy. I gave it a straight C. I was between like C plus and C. Okay. I I think I am of the mind usually that I kind of like to factor in uh, some of the trades, like Darius Slay. I'm not going to go as far as how he does. But, uh, yeah, that yeah. was free agency move. I, I don't, I don't really yeah. count that as part of the draft at all. So, like, I, I like I would include Marquise Goodwin, but, right? But Slay, that was a that was more of a signing than it was a. Tra- I mean, it was a trade, obviously, but 
um, part of the deal was they had to give him a lot of money too. So I would not put us put that as part of the draft. Okay, that's fair. And um, I, and I, and the, the twenty uh, twenty one fifth round pick they got from the Cowboys it kind of helps take uh, the sting out of the Gennard Avery trade a little bit. Uh, since <laughs> the so like so I, overall there were some things to like, but I also think there's there's considerable downside when you look at like again the Raiders projection and the Hertz element and, and all of that. So again, straight C for me. It was funny like looking at the grade roundups for the like they're, they're all over the map yeah they range from a minus to d minus mm-hmm. which was i mean and you didn't really see that for other teams like did you see that tweet that the german guy put out yeah <laughs> like you know there was no there was no variation like like the eagles had and they, they wound up being like they they had like the 27th or 28th i think uh, best worst? quote-unquote gpa yeah. <laughs> in the nfl Based on uh, all the uh, draft grades that were out there, but uh, but yeah, it was it was definitely the biggest high. It was definitely the highest variance. Whereas you know, you and I kind of landed basically right in the middle. Uh, it's B C plus U C. Yeah, we split the difference there. <laughs> right. It was a fun weekend, and uh, like I said uh, up top, uh, you know, good on Howie for giving us something to talk about for the rest of the off season when uh, you know the uh, the the pickings might be slim. The rest of the off season, the for years to come. <laughs> That's right. Oh, yeah, it's gonna be yes. fun. This will be. Uh, <laughs> I look forward to it. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you do, Jimmy. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts before we go? No, I don't have any. Just uh, everyone, stay safe. Hang in there. I love you. Uh, do a hashtag. Uh, what do you say? Uh, bite the dart. Hashtag bite the dart. Yes. Uh, for this episode, if you're listening, if you made it this far in, didn't turn it off. That's kind of the part of the hashtag, Jimmy. Kind of give yeah. the people who stayed through to the end uh, right. a little, you know, something to, to engage with on Twitter, get in the conversation. Obviously, follow Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter, at Jimmy Kemsky. Follow myself. I, I keep saying that. I shouldn't say myself. It's follow me on Twitter, at Brandon Gowton. Uh, follow BGN Radio, B, at BGN underscore radio on Twitter. Obviously, check out BleedingGreenNation.com. Check out PhillyVoice.com. And by the way, I think uh, Seamus might be hosting, uh, Seamus Clancy might be hosting another little BGN. Uh, old Eagles game watch party on Friday night. Uh, there's a poll up there on bleedinggreennation.com, uh, kind of figuring out which one we should watch. So if you're interested in that, kind of go check that out. And uh, make sure you subscribe, rate, review, all those good things. I hope you uh, appreciated our draft coverage. It's a lot of work each year, so it's a lot of fun. At the same time, it's exhausting. So we really appreciate you sticking along with us and listening and clicking and all those good things. And uh, look, you know, just because. There's no OTAs and whatever. Like, we're still going to be here. We're going to be here talking about the Eagles uh, all summer long. Yeah, we're just missing practice notes on that, really. Yeah, so we'll be here. And not even good uh, practice notes because they're just in shorts. Yeah, well, I still love to do them. Me too. It's a a big, yeah. (laughs) Um, But we'll get out of here. We will talk to you probably next week. Goodbye, everybody. P-G-N. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.